When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? This is your girl, Serafina, here with the check-in. This is a different kind of show we're going to do today, um, if you haven't tuned in uh, since last time. Um, It's a show about what goes on outside of the ring, the struggles, um, the business, uh, the things that fighters go through on a day-to-day basis outside of the ring that people really don't know about. Um, And we're going to discuss a little bit of mental health, too. So on today's show, we have Jamel Herring, former world champion. Um, welcome to the show, Chant. I appreciate it, Sarah. Thank you. So for those people who don't really know your background, you know, you, you have a military background, um, you have a big family, family man, mm-hmm. former world champ. Tell, tell the people a little bit about yourself and, and what brought you into the sport and you know, where you're at now? Um, you know, like I said, grew up, grew up in Long Island. Um, what really got me into the sport was basically just trying to stay busy and away from, you know, out off the streets and out of the streets and things of that nature. So that's why, that's why I first fell in love with the sport of boxing. Um, obviously, in 2003, um, joined the Marine Corps, had two deployments, um, seen, been, you know, seen a lot, been dealing, dealt with a lot of Marines um, that have gone through issues that we're going to speak about today in terms of um, mental health and depression, um, even far, I've seen far worse. Um, those who couldn't deal with the um, pressures of life, um, you know, take their, take their own lives and, and things of like that. So I've, you know, I've been through a lot. I've seen a lot, even now. Um, like I said, when we, when we first started speaking about this topic, it really hit home because even, even though I stay busy, I still go through a lot of um, mental health with dealing with PTSD and um, recently, I just actually was diagnosed with major depressive disorder. I didn't, which I didn't even know. You know, I didn't even know. I even, yeah, I, I was like, I think this is like maybe in like literally not even a month ago that I was just diagnosed with that. So when you, so when you had brought it up around that same time frame, it was it just felt like it was like the perfect time just to you know speak more on it. And and before I even got on this call, I was texting you saying I was just dealing with the VA of times of um you know getting making sure that I get the proper treatment. Because, again, people see me, they see me commentate on TV, and I always got a smile on my face. But at the same time, they, they don't know what um, myself and others go through in the background uh, when, we're not, when we're not in front of the TVs or in the public eye. Right. And that's so courageous for you to come out and say that because, you know, I've, I've met a lot, of, you know, a lot of boxers. And, um, you know, it's, it's almost like a vulnerability, you know. Right. You're, you're showing the world that you're not this, you know, you're not so tough all the time. Like you do have a softer side and you are vulnerable. And, um, you know, especially in our community, guys don't want to get the help because they don't feel like there's anything wrong. Right. And, and, I, and I was that I used to be like that at one point in time. Like, again, I didn't I wasn't really diagnosed with the um, PTSD until like years later after, you know, my military career. I just thought like, you know. 
like you said, uh, I, I could deal with it. Um, I could whatever I'm going through right now, I'll deal with it in my own way. But it was just it would took it took for my family to see that it was getting worse, and I had to make a decision if I was gonna um, basically pretty much lose my family, or you know, or or have people not want to be bothered with me because at times I might have an episode where you know I might just flip out or just you know don't want to be bothered, or not, and I shun people away. So I had to deal with a lot. I had to deal with a lot. I had to make a decision um, to do what was best. Um, not only for me, but also for my family in the end. And like, like you pointed out, a lot of people, they feel like, you know, there's nothing wrong or there's a pro- or there's no problem there at all at times. Right. And I think that that sometimes is a generational curse, um, mm-hmm. you know, with me and my family, uh, you know, my father was abusive uh, verbally and physically to mm-hmm. my mother, to me, but he ended up getting help. Um, and you know, couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better grandfather to my child, right? right? He was the the best grandfather I could have ever asked for, but growing up, you know, I loved my dad and I looked at, you know, his abuse as love. So I thought that was normal, you know, like, and that's, yeah, it's crazy you pointed out because that's what I was even telling my, um, with my VA, um, my doctors and everything, like, I don't like. I have two special needs daughters that I'm raising now, and I have wow. do- I have three daughters. I have three daughters in general. I don't need them to think that certain things that they may see go on is the norm. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't like like again. Like even now, I've tried to stay away from like arguing with Jen because at least in front of the girls, or because again, like you pointed out, I don't need them to think that this is the norm or um, any any real father wouldn't want their daughters to be treated in a certain, you know, in a, in a, in a disrespectful right. manner, as, as I would say, or, or such. So, yeah, I get it. Like, I get it. Like I said, um, I just feel like um, I'm at a state, I'm at a point where I'm comfortable opening up because I feel like the more I open up, the more others may open up as well, and they may want to go get um, the, the proper treatment and help. So, like, I'm not, like I said, I, again, you may see me do this and that. Or I, I don't care how many world title fights I could be in. I'm still human, you know, I'm still human. Um, and I, I breathe the same air as anyone else. So, and I can admit if I'm wrong and if I, and if I need help or I need to get treatment or doing such. So like going back to um, your military days, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you've seen a lot. I'm sure you've seen guys that are diagnosed with PTSD. What are some of the symptoms that you saw some of your friends go through or you yourself went through of PTSD that, that you know, you were like, this, this is not normal. And, and I, I might need to see somebody about this. Um, well, I, I can say, I can say just recently when I had my last fight in November, a few weeks prior to that, I had found out that I lost uh, um, a fellow Marine um, that I served with from substance abuse. You know, these are like, the, uh, last, uh, and that's how that plays a lot, whether it's alcohol or, or drug related. Um, he had overdosed and that's why I dedicated at the end of that fight. I had dedicated that fight to him, you know what I mean? And, um, I've been trying to help since then, been trying to help his, his, um, his daughter's mother, um, with help in terms of getting the proper care for, for their child that, that he, he sadly left behind. So again, um, mainly just like some, some, a lot of veterans feel like, like they're not being heard. So that's when they, they, they go into things like, you know, um, alcohol abuse or, or, or worse. Um, I've, I've I've seen where a Marine I served with overseas in Iraq, um, you know, they come back, get in trouble, in and out of jail. Um, he had one of my um, a Marine I served with, he actually hung himself in his jail cell. So like, yeah, I've, yeah and 
you know, I've been down to Houston where it's, um, it's called Camp Hope. And I've heard like really like horror stories from like, I'm talking about like veterans from the Vietnam War that are still dealing with issues today in, in any treatment. Matter of fact, one of my best friends that I love dearly, you know, he um, he had to go down there for treatment and help. And, you know, he served in the army. And this is my, this is my, I grew up with since I was about six, seven years old. And he's also now just getting the right proper treatment help that he needs to, to better himself because there was a time where, um, you know, he wasn't he wasn't close to his own, you know, family because of everything he was going through. But now, you know, he's he's he's, he's I see him make a, a complete 180, and I'm how I'm proud of him. But again, that's just one of of millions of stories and and, and veterans that that go through similar issues. And I feel like uh, the military and boxing are similar in a way yeah. uh, when it comes to, you know, you have to really be dedicated, mm -hmm. right? It's a lot of work, focus, being away from your family for months at a time. Um, and, you know, just they love you until they don't, right? Yeah. When when you get into the military, it's like, let's go champ. You're the man. They They're putting all this focus on you and the same with boxing it's like all right i like this you know i have something here but then at the end you know the end of your career or you know when you get you 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 leave the military or you leave boxing it's like well, what do i do now right. and you know it's kind of like you're written off the face of the earth nobody right. cares about you anymore because you're not of service to us anymore yeah, and it's crazy because when you was telling me about um, Andre, Andre Durrell's situation, I like, I mean, coming up, huge fan of Andre. I thought like Andre was going to be that guy. Not saying that he wasn't, but we all know how his career had panned out. And like you mentioned, um, what, what he had said when it was over, he had to come to realization. And it's kind of like, it's just heartbreaking at times because a lot of people like, we all had that as a fighter, we all had that set goal and dream, but like he he's a he's a perfect example of it always doesn't pan out that way and 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 we've seen fighters that have gone through worse where they never even, even look at Ricardo Williams right <laughs> yeah yeah and, 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 <laughs> and it's like what what's next like so for me and I and I've seen that myself even even um um when I had was stepped away for a while and I started to see it but I, but then on my end I you see me I was trying to do commentating, helping other fighters out with um, management and advising. But again, a lot of fighters, um, you know, I can say I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of blessed and privileged to at least have something I can, I can pretty much fall back on. But again, at times it was still hard for me because I enjoy um, competing. You know, I enjoy competing, which is why I came back. But And luckily for me, I can still do it physically. And, you know, I'm, you, you hear me now, I'm not like, you know, slurring my words, anything like that. But again, sometimes it takes a lot. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It takes a, um, a, a mental and physical toll on other fighters is where they can't compete at a high level or where they were used to at one point in time. So I get it, and I think this 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 is a great platform for fighters to you know at least share their story and you know just just speak on where they're at today because 
it's not like it's not like any other sport. Boxing is not like the NFL or NBA when you can fall back on something after your career is done and, or you can get the proper help and treatment. No, it's like, well, boxing is like when it's over, it's, it's, it's over unless you already, you know, set your plans ahead of time. But let's be honest, a lot of fighters, they don't do that. Like they, they think, oh, especially even, even fighters at the highest level who made crazy amount of money. When it when it's all over, they don't have nothing to fall back on because they never planned. They never planned that um, ahead of time, and they're back to square one. But this time, they can't compete anymore. Right? Whose responsibility do you think that is at the end of the day? Do you think it's the managers, the fighters? Like for me, uh, now that I'm in that management position, we actually, um, myself and um, you know Jerry, we actually try to help fighters put get in place in in terms Jerry, of um, the, Jerry Casares, JC. Um, at, okay. wild, at wild card king or, or he goes by on social media but um like we actually try to help fight because again what one thing i've seen that a lot of fighters actually don't 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 take them um pay attention to if you really look at it is their taxes a lot of fighters aren't out there taking care of their taxes and that's when i think that's a lot when a lot of issues take place um down the road is when when it's all said and done and you made all these million dollar, million dollar purses but you wouldn't take care of your taxes you know the irs We'll, we'll we'll step in. We'll get involved, and that's when you start seeing a lot of the a lot of the um, depression from financial problems, you know, which leads to depression, things of nature. Have uh, issues with with these fighters, so we always try to help fighters, like you know, set up their LLCs and you know to take care of that, and you know, get you know, um, you know, just 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 handle their money properly for starters, and and, and get some like you know, um, medical benefits, or whatever, because you know, you know, this this. <laughs> There's no, there's no medical benefits for fighters out there to get proper right. treatment. So you gotta, we, we, it's like things of that nature where you can, you can, you can put it on management at times for for not helping fighters and, and and probably just you know just just going with the flow, but not really like telling fighters what to look out for. But again, it really starts with the person, you know, with yourself. Like you are, like any fighter should know, you are your name is your entity, your name is your business. So you you have to really be on your business and, and take care of yourself. Because again. I see a plenty of fighters right now just dealing with um back um pay with taxes and things of nature and that's what really leads to a lot of um you know issues whether um you know within the household the the their spouse whatever they may not be able to deal with it anymore or they don't want to deal with it anymore and then that then that creates turmoil and problems or you see a fighter you know trying to get back into it but just fighting way past his prime and you know then that leads to more you know health issues and, and so on which adds on to depression so there's a lot it's a lot that goes into it I would love if the boxing community could come together and create, and I think that's what I'm trying to do here, is to create a platform to where uh, we can uh, give financial literacy. We could give right. outlets for mental health. Like, hey, if you need someone to call, call me, call you, call this 1-800 number. If you just need to talk to someone and just have a soundboard to talk to, we as a community need to help one another because Nobody, like, even a therapist, I don't really think can understand a boxer's mind. Right, right. You no, know, I like, it. you know, it's it's a different world, different ball game. Um, you know, and 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 it's just, it's it's difficult for people that aren't in the business to really understand what you guys go through. Right. No, I get so, it. I get um, it. And again, it's like, it's like you like you started like you pointed out um a few weeks back off call. With um, even now with fighters just like getting all the, all the trouble now, and it's like 
you know, we probably we probably need more treatment because, like again, it could be a thing like like football, you know, CTE, you know, right. and we're, we're constantly taking punches to you know blows to the head, and, and sometimes we don't know how to channel our anger the, the proper way, right. and it mm-hmm. leads to us getting in, in in trouble. And you see a lot of fighters more commonly, you know, getting involved where they they getting locked up left and right. So there's a lot of things that we that we we should like really start as a community start looking into and getting a proper treatment just for um not just like you point out finances, but like just mental mental um you know mental issues and getting proper treatment for that yeah 100 percent. now going back you know you i asked you could we talk about anything you said we could talk about anything yeah um you lost a child yes no and um to sids correct yep yeah and i i just actually recently learned that by like reading up on you i never actually knew that before Right. Um, you know, with everything that you've been through in your life, on like I'm a mother, so I couldn't even imagine losing a baby. Like, how were you able to cope with that? Like, what did you go through in order to, uh, you know, just move on with your career and stay focused in boxing when you have like your whole family that's basically just you're the man of the family, so they're depending on right. you for that, you know. No, you know, for me, I mean, I, honestly, like, honestly, between us, I still think about that 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 situation to this day. I think about my daughter every day, but I always try to find. I mean, it's not much. Well, that's not a positive thing, but I was trying to the situation as a whole. I was trying to find a positive thing into it. Like, um, you know, I, I lean a lot on faith, and I look at my daughter as my guardian angel, and I and I think about okay. Would she approve if I did this or I did that? So I try to live my right, my life the, the correct way as much as possible. But to help me get through that at that point in time, um, it was it was it was actually just a lot of the family, the Marines that I served with at that, that time. Because I mean, I remember I think I I think I locked myself in a room literally for like no lot like like maybe like a week straight after all that after all that happened. Like mm-hmm. I didn't come out, I didn't go anywhere, I didn't want to speak with anybody, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't even want to even continue I didn't even know if I wanted to continue boxing at that at that time. And you know, I had to really lean on a lot with the friends and people that really that, that really loved me to um to get through that. Even to this day. You know, we we um is you, you as a parent, you know like you you it would kill you no matter how how long time will pass, it's still it's still it's still gonna um, bother you or, or or play back in your in your mindset. And honestly, they even they even thought that like when I was getting the treatment for even with PTSD, they even thought just that one just that one incident, you know, kind of you know was was like the kickstart of it of everything that goes on. Because again, it played it, it took a huge toll on me. But you know, um, I instead of me, you know, basically feeling sad. Uh, feeling bad for myself, I got out there and started speaking on it more. Uh, and I seen that when I started speaking on it more, instead of keeping everything in, it kind of helped me. It kind of helped me deal with my own issues even now. That's why, you know, I'm kind of like free spirited. Like I don't, I don't let, I don't let a lot of things, you know, get get to me as much as I as I did maybe ten years ago or so. So uh, again, I feel like the more if I can get out there, even like with the, with this platform now, get out there and speak more and um be open about it. Cause again, I, I had a friend that dealt with the SIDS and she lost a, a child and she didn't know who to turn to and she reached out to me and we just spoke on it. And I told her straight up, it's not gonna get easy. It's not it's not something you can you can get over. But 
Um, in the end, you, you can you can you can deal with it a lot better down the road by by just opening up more and you know just staying strong and positive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, respect to you for continuing your career after that loss and everything that you've been through. Um, yeah, I mean, if you if you notice every time I'm on my trunks, I always have her name just on my um on my on the front of my um on my on my trunks, um, Ariana. Um, so like when I'm sitting down on that stool and if I'm going through a rough patch, I always, you know, think about, you know, my daughter as my, you know, to help me get through whatever I'm going through. So I always, every fight I have her, her name's just on my, on my trunks. Right. So moving from that, um, I know you're close with Adrian Bronner. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, when he does things like, you know, when he makes posts, about you know suicide or you know crazy posts do you ever reach out to him do you ever absolutely like, absolutely yeah. i mean hey hey i i always reach out to him and i'm like you know hey bro you all right man like you know if you, everything if you ever want to talk about anything because you know ab people think people we all see people see ab one side of it at times you know the guy that's out there just in the media for all the wrong things but like you know adrian when i first turned pro under um, Al Heyman, you know, I was with that camp and he helped me a lot in terms of, um, you know, put me in the right environment for, you know, to, to elevate my career. So I don't ever forget things like that. So, again, when I became at that level of giving back as well, you know, I always remember where I came from. And so whenever he's going through something, I always reach out, hey, bro, you know, if you ever need to talk about anything, you know, I'm here. No, 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 no judgment. You know, I'm not here to judge. You know, I'm not here to judge. But again, I'd rather have you speak with smile who cares for you than, you know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Just ignore it. And again, he knows he knows for a fact I'm not going to be a, a yes man either. Like, if, if, if I feel like he's stepping out of line, you know, I'm going I'm to check him for it. That's just how I am. You know what I mean? He may not he may not like it at the time, but, you know, I, I guarantee later on in the road, he'll appreciate things of that nature. Um, same thing with um with Errol, my guy Errol Spence when he was going through stuff. Hey, you know Errol, Errol's always been supportive of my career. You know, always said nothing but great things to, about me. So I reach out to Errol at times. Hey, just checking on you, bro. Cause I and think about it, I know his family's actually from Brentwood, Long Island. So I know, you know, I, hey. I, I kind of connected more with them. You know, from the amateurs um, knowing there. So again, I ask how the family's doing. I ask how he's doing. You know, we'll, we'll chat. We'll chat behind. We had a lot of chats behind the scenes, and we'll just we'll just talk it out, and we'll just go our way after that. But again, I, that's what that's what anyone. Um, even down, and that's why one of the reason why I was show, I was selected as the team captain at the time for the 2012 Olympic team. Because until this day, I'll reach out to those guys. You know, JoJo when when he's going through his his stuff or whatever. Um, you know, Marlene, Clarissa, I don't, again, I don't, I don't, for me, I feel like if you have a relationship with somebody, it doesn't end when whatever, okay, Olympics is done. We, okay, yes, we'll go our separate ways, but, you know, if we had a real bond, you know, I have no issue reaching out to you to make sure that you're good, even to this day. Even, right, in, fact, even, even, in fact, even with Shakur, like, I, we had our issues, but 
Shigoro will tell you also, there's times I, I've hit him up, you know, when, when we see stuff on maybe your Twitter that, you know, that, that's bothering me. I hit him up, like, hey, bro, just make sure you're good. Or I'll text him, hey, just check with you, bro. You all right? You know, and we'll talk. Me and Shakura, we have plenty of conversations behind the scenes and we'll laugh at things. And, you know, it's all loving in. So, like, for me, I don't I don't hold grudges with anyone. I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather see people just, you know, live their lives, uh, obviously, you know what I'm saying, the way they want to, but, you know, just do it in, in a in a, in a well-respected manner and go from there. But, yeah, I've had, I had conscience of all those guys, Core, Adrian, Errol. Um, and are they receptive or or they kind of like, No, I mean, know? I mean, they actually, they actually, you know, they actually open up, you know, they'll, they'll open up and we'll, we'll just chat it out and we'll just leave it at that, you know what I mean? And they don't, I, I honestly, I, I can't even say it. Like I had an issue where they wasn't trying to hear it or oh, whatever, man. It wasn't nothing, it was, all, it was always all love, so. Again, that's why I, I wish I wish everyone the best out there. Whether we're, whether we fought or we had issues in the past, like that, the past, the past for me. That's how I look at it. Right, and I find it interesting that the dynamic between you and Shakur, because you guys, you were like a mentor to him. You know, coming up, you're you're older. You know, same weight class, but I remember before you guys fought, you were pretty close. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. man. She was, it was always a lot. Like we 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 trained together sparred all that you know in the past when he was still on team usa yeah you know um i was i was um thought he was gonna be something special so we always had a, we always had a cool dynamic of course um being around bud you know we we always came across each other um at the fights or whatever so it was never um i think like when that whole thing went down when we was, when we was getting ready to fight that kind of you know took me back a bit but you know afterwards like him and Jen, they speak all the time. You know, Jen checks up on him now as well, and like he'll open up to Jen, and they'll, they'll she'll see how he's doing. Because again, we're older, so it was like you know we just we don't it, it's no animosity. We just wanted we just want him to be just be make sure he's good out there, and you know he's a father now, so we'll speak on a little bit on that, like you know how how's his, how he, him and his daughter are doing, and you know we'll laugh about you know s- stories about just in fatherhood, but. Again, I'm 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 just glad that um you know for the most part he's he's all right and I just want to see him do well in his own career and his own life. How was that for you um, going into that fight, knowing that you're you're fighting someone that you were pretty close with? Like, how was that mentally for you? Did like how do you you know just turn on the on switch and say, all right, I'm fighting my boy, but I'm. I'm winning this fight. Like, how do you? You know, it's like once you step in that ring. It, it's to me, it's just business. It's like you're in it now, and it's like you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. At the end of the day, um, I think the buildup was probably, if I'm being honest with everyone, the buildup was probably more um, nerve wracking. But like once you lace the gloves up and get in that ring, it, it is what it is. It's kind of like you gotta it. pretend like you don't like each other, right? You got, you got to, you got, because he's trying to take you out. You trying, you trying to do it, and vice versa. So. You gotta do what you gotta do in there, but um, even now, like say, like uh, for instance, me and Jermaine Ortiz are real close now. Um, you know, my team, you know, like I said, Jay helped him out. Um, we, we, I, matter of fact, I just spoke to Jermaine earlier today. Um, check him out, see how he was doing out there because he's in Vegas right now. But and you know, Tio, that's my that's my that's my guy. That's my guy too. So I just kind of like like the business side of even with boxing, just stay neutral with it because I'm never gonna say anything. Um, Disrespectful about Tio because again, um, like we we've even at your place that you're at now, me and Tio had a real good, we had a real good conversation and yeah, that um, was like, epic, man. That was a yeah, good and night. you seen it, you seen it yourself. He was he showed up. I didn't I didn't even know he was coming to my fight that night. He showed up to show love and support. So I'm always gonna be um like grateful for that. And just when I when he fought Josh Taylor, 
I had pulled him to the side because, you know, he was going through his th- his issues at the time that people was pulling in from the media. And I told him just like, I said, hey, bro, at the end of the day, you know, you got people that love you. You a father now also. So you got, you got something to fight for. To forget everything everyone's saying. You got something to fight for. And he went out there, and I think he put on, other than the Lomachenko fight, one of his best performances of his career. And I'm happy for him. And even, even with this fight, I'm just like, hey, Go get your money. Go get his business. You know, Jermaine wants to be a world champion. Um, Tio, you know, wants to prove that he's the guy at that division. And like I said, you know, you're close with you close with Devin. I love I love Devin as well. And I had to talk with Devin at the Lomachenko fight before he, when he was getting laced up. So for me, I have I always have a good relationship with a lot of these guys around the table. I don't I look at it, like I said, when we in that ring, it's business. And at the end of the day, though, people need to understand boxing is still just a sport. I don't take anything personal. Afterwards, like me and Shakur, after I was cut up and I lost to Shakur, we still hugged it out in the back and spoke and exchanged our numbers again. And we just, and we, we've been talking ever since then. So uh, for me, like I said, I don't care. Like when people bring it up, oh, you lost to Shakur, whatever, it's boxing. At least y'all know me. I'm fighting anybody at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? So that's just how I am. But um, I, I mean, I and if there was anyone it. to lose to, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like if you're going to knock me for one for one person and that's the only fight you want to knock me for, then. And so be it, but I, I, again, like people don't understand the relations that you have afterwards with the fighters. And like I said, I'm glad that me and Shakur are just on good terms now. So as a, as a fighter, former world champion, how do you move on from a loss with Shakur? Like you, he's top dog now, you know, in that division. Right. Like in your mind, you know, he, you know the business. He's like, am I going to get a rematch? Probably not. You know, so what do you, what do you do from there? Where do you go from there? You, hey, you got to get a lesson. Um, instead of looking so much as a loss, you got you got to learn from it. That's how, at least for me, that's how I learned from it. Um, and just move forward. I mean, you can't sit there and dwell. I mean, I was obviously upset how it, how it played out, of course. But again, I mean, I'm just I'm human. But um, you know, I, I took it as just it is what it is. Um, I lost to the better man. Um. And, but at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't take it doesn't take from the fact that I was a world champion and people, you know, let's be honest, people, people thought I wouldn't even get that far. So you got to just take it as a, a lesson and you got to keep moving forward. And even now, um, just continue proving people wrong. Like I, I came back and now people, people, whether they like it or not, my name is still out there. And for the most part, it's out there for good reason. So I took it. I took everything as a lesson. Um, I look back on that fight. I look at the mistakes I made. I even had to change some things that I had to do. Took some time away. Change up some things, whatever. But more importantly, I, t- I took care of my body. As you all see now, I'm not one of those guys that put on 40 plus pounds in between camps. You know, I live the correct way, and I, you know, I take the sport very seriously. But I just learned from it. I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not losing no sleep over it. <laughs> hey, did you? You moved up to 130, right? No, you know, I'm um I was at when I fought Jermaine, I was, I was, I was at 35, 135 yeah, yeah. I, there, was no, there was nothing available. But um the last fight I, I went back down to um to one thirty to one thirty for that fight. Got it. And it, that's where you're gonna stay at? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean I, I, I still make the weight comfortably, so I don't see no issue with me, you know, moving moving up or down or any other weight class, but that's where I'm stay at. Nice. Um, you know, her, your last fight, like I was kind of in awe because I was like, it's like, you never left. Yeah. You know, I, I just <laughs> saw the, the Jamel Herring that I always knew in the ring. And I mean, you didn't miss a step. No. Yeah. I, I take it. Like, again, you know, you know, personally how dangerous the sport is. And I feel like if you got, 
if you don't have both feet in, it can be bad. It can be bad, whether it's mentally or physically. If you're not, if you're not in it, and for all the right reasons, it it can go bad. Like again, I know how I know you know how the business is. I know how the business is. Um, I think I was offered to fight Joe Cardina, but I was like for the um for his title. But I'm not stupid. Like I haven't been in the ring at that point in time for like 18 months. Why would I do that to myself? And I wasn't coming back just for a paycheck. It was never just for the money. Yeah, even with that fight, it was do- it was donating to charity for um um veterans that are going through issues in their lives. So that's what that whole car was put on about. But for me, um, like I said, I I got if I'm gonna be um taken seriously as a contender, I have to be serious in that ring. And I can't. And again, that's so why I came back and for the undefeated kid. I wasn't gonna fight just you know a bum. I had to basically go in there and just fight somebody that. People will look at him like, okay, maybe he is serious about coming back and, and go from there. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I'm back now. And even now, um, I just seen recently that Lamont Ro- my man Lamont Rose has opened up to a rematch. So, um, you know, who knows? Who knows? You know, it could be another world title fight on, on, on the horizon, but we'll see. You're still with Top Rank, correct? No, that's not, that's not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a Lou. I'm a Lou. I'm okay. working with Lou. But oh, okay. I, I, still, I, I, still, I still have a good relationship with Top Rank. As, as you know, I commentate over there with those guys. So, and, you know, Lou works for everyone. I felt like right. in this part of my career, I'd rather be, I'd rather be at where it's options, you know, where I have options where, you know, Lou can go speak with the PBC. You know, he's spoken with Eddie Hearn. Um, he works with Top Rank. So I'd rather have it. That you know, and that part where I can don't have to be obligated to do this, this, and that, where I, I can have free range to move wherever I need to move to. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Mm. Have you ever had a situation like a with a manager or a promoter that just went left, like you weren't happy and, and had to, you know, things ended badly or no, I mean I, I have I mean I think I think I learned a lot when I was with Al, when I was with Al Heyman dealing with the PBC. Um and I was just learning a lot of game from over there at the time. But, like, of course, it was just, there was times where, you know, I didn't get what I wanted, but it wasn't like it ended up badly. Like, I mean, I could still call Al's number to this day. Um, you know, I spoke with the Oscar De La Hoya because people forget, when I first um, turned pro at that time, there was no PBC. There was Al Heyman working with Golden Boy at the time. So, uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I spoke to Oscar maybe a couple months back about, you know, helping other fighters out and speaking with him about doing something with Golden Boy. I see top rank every other week. So, you know, I, me and Bob, we always will sit down and speak. I just so I just spoke with Eddie Hearn. So for me, I don't I don't believe in burning in bridges because you never know when you may have to go across those bridges right. again. So so right. for the most part, I try to keep a cool relationship. But again, if I gotta speak my mind, I'm gonna speak my mind but respectfully, but I've never had an issue where, you know, something something went left and we just fell out we just fell out. See, and that's such a such a smart thing to say and, and, and a great advice for other fighters is, you know, try not to lose your cool in business, yeah. you know, and don't burn bridges because this is a very, very small community. And nine times out of 10, you're going to see that person or have to do business with that person again at some point. I mean, right. there's a lot of people in boxing that I don't necessarily care for. And I'm sure there's people that don't care for me, right. but at the same token, 
I still have to deal with you. you exactly. Know? Yeah. And, especially, especially as a manager, it's like, like I don't want my personal issues to now fall on my fighter, and now I'm hurting their career because I said something about this certain promoter, and now they don't want to deal with me or my fighter because of something that I said or did in the past with them. So that's why I try to keep everything just, right. you know, I try to keep everything cool. And I'm sure you know a lot of fighters. I know a couple of them myself that have literally burned every single bridge they they could yes. possibly burn. I mean, you know, and and to where they don't even have an option anymore. Right. They have right. nowhere to yeah. go. You know, and I and I know for a fact that they wish they didn't burn those bridges and can go back to to that situation. You know, because. Listen, I understand that everybody needs to know their worth. You know, mm -hmm. every fighter needs to know their worth. However, you also need to be realistic. Right. You know, um, a lot of fighters overprice themselves in a sense to where I'll give an example. Um, there is a great female amateur fighter who wants to go pro. And I had a nice conversation with her. And uh, she told me she wanted a hundred thousand dollars signing bonus. People forget. And listen, people need people. You finally understand. This isn't. This isn't. This isn't the, the year two thousand where that Olympic team they always getting like a like a Ricardo. No, it's getting a million dollar signing bonuses. Like the boxing landscape has changed, and you you got to you got you got to roll with the times. You know what I mean? Like, right. and I gotta, think it, that there is. <laughs> I'm not saying that fighters shouldn't ask because. You know, there is the art of negotiating. Right. But, yeah. You know, you do need to be reasonable at the same time. You know, okay, I give you a hundred thousand dollars. Can you sell a hundred thousand dollars worth of tickets? Can you sell fifty thousand dollars worth of tickets? How yeah, about I understand you? though? Yeah, I understand no, though it's, too. It's, you gotta that, exactly. you gotta pay that money back eventually. End of the day. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta give that you gotta start paying that 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 tab, you know what I'm saying, back eventually. And like you just point out, you gotta start either you know, bringing in some ratings, TV, um, putting putting asses and seats and everything. So again, that's what that's what the promoters looking at. They're not about to, they're not about to cater and this to is you. A female. It's, you it's know? rough. I mean, again, yeah, so, women's boxing is getting better, but it's still growing. And it's like, yo, you gotta be like, you gotta like, yo, look at the women now that are at that are top level and, and they're still fighting for their places at the table. So you gotta just look at everything going on and just be reasonable. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool to if you if you feel like you're worth that, I respect that. But again, when it's time to negotiate, you gotta be reasonable at, at the table and you and you can't just start shutting off everybody or you know, getting getting in in, in your way of, of of a good opportunity because you're not look. You're not hearing what you want to hear at that point in time because things can change over time. Where you may be able to get that a hundred thousand anyway by by going in, by going about it this way. So yeah, like I said, it's the art of negotiation. Yeah, um, it's that's just something that I've struggled with. I mean, I know you just got into management, um, and you know sometimes fighters might have to take the low end of the bargain if they want to right. like in the the beginning stages you know i know you did yeah. with um his, uh Kreps. what's her first name yeah makai 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 Kreps. i mean i know that she's fought on the shows in sony hall um and yeah, I, she's I, on my last card she's on my last card i put on getting a ton of money you know but she does it because she knows there's potential there right she knows what right, absolutely what could be yeah 
And again, like I, I, um, the money's in the in the fights. The more you continue to build your your profile, you're going to get to where you want to get to eventually as well. That's when people ask about me, did I come back for the money? I'm like, no, not really, because but I know the, I know how the how the sport can be. I said I know the money will be there as long as I continue winning, but I'm not coming back right now looking for just a, a payday. I know I have to work back towards you know getting that that the right money that I want. But yeah, everything everything fighters they understand everything's in the fights. The more you keep winning. The, the better it gets. I mean, even look at, again, with T.O. T.O., when he first came in, he was pretty much um, low risk, high reward. You know what I mean? Because he started he started at the bottom, and, but look where he's at now. He's calling his shots. But he worked he worked to get to that to that platform. He worked to get up there. Same thing with Devin. You know, Devin had to go over the border with his father. The, um, and, you know, they wasn't, if anything, he probably was paying for slots just, just to get fights. You know, he wasn't, he probably was fighting for free at times, but now I, now I know for a fact he was. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying you know how it goes. Yeah, and but now he now he's the boss and he can do what he wants. Again, you gotta believe and you gotta you gotta set goals and, and but you gotta be reasonable and smart with it. Again, now he's making seven figure paydays and he went from fighting for free. Now he's in position to do what he what he feel like he can do with his own career in life. Right. Um, I want to let people know that we are opening the phone lines. If you guys have any questions for Jamel call in and we will um we'll bring you on um jamel when it comes to health insurance um, right. a lot of people don't know that you know most boxers don't have it and that the one time you do have it is the day of your fight right <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. That's the only time you actually have health insurance so with you know if you need anything done on that day, you better take your butt to the hospital. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They have that window because because if not, then um, then you're getting left with a crazy bill. And I seen some, and I, and I seen some bills like, you know, five figures, <laughs> you know, and, and up at times with some of the, some of those medical bills. And then again, they fall on your credit, and or, and that's just it. It's all on you after that. But yeah, a lot of fighters need to really start looking into um getting proper health care. Well, I don't care if it's, whether it's cheap health care, just get something. To, and, um, and to cover you because you, you might you might they do that. I mean, there's this like it depends like again um on your which state you live in, of course. You know how to have it goes. Um, you know, for me, I, I'm at least I'm lucky. Like I have I have military, so I always have to I always have the VA if I need something to fall back on. But like you pointed out, you made a good point where if you have something wrong, you better go that day. But sometimes us as fighters, we might not even think about it that day, and then we'll go home. And then that there's some some issue from their fight might pop up a week later, but by then the promoter's not going, the promoter's not dealing with it. That's on you from then on point on. So like you should like fighters should always have a backup plan in terms of what healthcare. And luckily for me, you know I, I got Jen who looks out who looks out for the family, and um you know strong I have a strong a strong spouse, but you know so she's always looking out. But again, everyone doesn't have these luxuries because they're not thinking about it or they're thinking that nothing's going to happen to them when they're going into that fight or so. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, that's one of my goals too, is just to to uh, give the knowledge on how to receive the healthcare. You know, even if you have to go on your state Medicaid, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know. Because, but what messes that up, right, is that boxers may not get paid for a few months, and then all of a sudden they get this big check, and once you get that big check, the Medicaid is going to get cut off. Because it's based on your income. All right. Yeah. So, you know, then they have to go through, you know, 
Obamacare or whatever and, and pay a monthly thing. But, you know, then that money starts running out. Yeah, so yeah I think I, I, it again, makes it again, really been... difficult for fighters to, to, you know, keep medical just all the time without having those breaks. Like yeah, gotta, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is rough. It's rough. It's rough. Like another thing that we try to do for our fighters is like you don't try to get sponsorship behind them because there's times when you may not know you have a fight, but you may have to fall back on a stipend or things like that. But again, it's it's a lot. It's a lot easier said than done. And how many times. fighters get a stipend? Let's be real. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, a lot easier said than done at times, and it's uh, and it's rough. It's, it's Shit, tough Terrence Crawford broke the internet when they when it when it when it when it came out <laughs> that he makes fifty thousand dollars just for camp expenses with top rank. Yeah. And, and and I, and, I, and I was in that boat too. I was in that boat too with Todd Rank. Um, I was just getting um a camp expense to take care to, to cover the camp and things of that nature. Like I was like at least twenty five, twenty five, you know, saying thousand at a time just for. And was that expenses. something that you had to pay back after you fought? At times, sometimes it, it, you can you can include it in your see. That's what we say the art of negotiation. You you, you can include it with your contract, or like you put out sometimes they um. They will take it out of your purse if you don't at times. So it's pretty much yeah, it's pretty much a loan if you may, if you may say. But again, um, it all it's just like, it all depends how you negotiate it. Right. Well, going back to a question, one of the um, people in the chat had uh, it was it was really interesting, and I think it's something that you can definitely touch on. Uh, James Benitez, he said, my son that recently passed was diagnosed with Down syndrome, uh, trisomy 21. What difficulties do you encounter with special needs children? How has that changed you as a man, if you want to share? Man, um, like I said, I got two autistic daughters now, um, ages 10 and 6, but different types of, um, two completely different types of um, autism, really. Um, my 10-year-old Jasmine, she's like high, high, high active, you know what I'm saying? She's high functional, but she just can't deal with her emotions a certain way. So that could be stressful because if she feels like you don't understand what she's what she's going through, it frustrates her. And then that it kind of bothers you. But for me, I, I just learned like they taught me to be more understanding. You know what I mean? It just um like my six-year-old, she had a delay with speech. So, you know, that could be frustrating, but, you know, we had got her the proper treatment and, and things of nature to help her with speech therapy. And now she's doing, she's doing much better, even in school. She's going to regular school and everything today, um, right now. But uh, it, it's one of those things where you never, and as you know as well, don't matter how old your daughter is or whatever, you still continue being a parent and you still learn, you know, certain stages of parenting in your, in your lifetime. So even now, like my daughters teach me how to become a better parent. I got, I got a daughter right now that's in, that's in um, school to be to be an attorney. And you know oh, so wow. I'm still I'm still yeah, I'm still learning. She goes to Southern University. I'm still learning how to um deal I'm with I'm sorry, a grandpa night over here, but <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like like she she like I'm I'm still learning how to deal with uh, um independent. She's independent now. So again, um it, you never stop. You even my own mother is still uh, um you know learning, you know, and dealing with situation with her children such as, such as myself so i don't think you ever stop learning or you know being a parent ever and again i know like special needs children it could be it could be rough but it's always good to do your research and even now i'm still doing i'm still learning and doing more and more research to um get my my two daughters the best treatment so they can have so they can have somewhat in my opinion uh, a normal feel like they can have a normal childhood and life, Quality life. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you do you have house do you have help in the household? Like I know that, you know, I have family members that are um autistic like and some of them aren't really functional, you know. They're right, not right. able to live normal lives by themselves. Right. Do you have help for that? Or? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um like again, even even my older daughter, she's um learning, she's doing a lot of um children advocacy in her end and she and so she she's um because she feels she there's gonna be a time where she may have to um help out with her, with her sisters. So that's great to have. Of course, you know, I have other I have, you know, my, my mother and my, my sisters and everyone, my brothers. But again, um, you know, I'm the parent first, so I'm doing everything on my end to learn how to um, you know, to get them the best treatment, the best help they can get. Even during the summertime, we put them in programs where they're still constantly learning and staying busy and bettering themselves. What's your take on medication? Do you think it's needed or do you like to take the holistic approach? It all depends. It all depends. It all depends. Um, like even my um my 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 ten year old, she kind of has like um like a, like a bipolar disorder with with her um, um, autism. So she she needs certain certain medications, but again, I feel like it's all about what the preference of the parent as well and what they feel that you know. I'll never question anyone on their parenting or what they want to do, but all medication isn't bad medication. You know, sometimes at times it, it, it kind of keeps her calm, cool, and collective in the household where she can be manic at times. But certain mm-hmm. medication, like she she's been getting better way like in the past three years, she she's she's getting way better with to where like. I barely even hear from her. Like we're like we're, and she's in the same house, but she just do her own thing. She'll still she, she's always um she gets great grades in school, pretty much an A student. So like learning isn't 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 you know an issue with her. It just you know her social skills and because she may not be able to deal with other kids because they don't understand her too well. But like with certain medication, it kind of keeps her uh, level headed to where she can um you know she has friends in school and, and they understand her and. She's doing a lot better with herself. Same thing, same goes for mom, my six years old. She she's doing great in school. Um, real, she learns, she learns. Like one thing about like kids, some a lot of kids with autism, they 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 they're they're fast learners and, and they they can remember you know a lot of things and keep it with them. So and that's another thing also, like we mentioned with the whole mental health thing. Like I don't want to do things where it sticks in my daughter's head because and it was the, it's the wrong thing. It's, it's a, it was a right. negative situation. So I, I always watch what I say and do around them. Especially when you have the special needs. Sarah, let me interject here. Champ, how old did you say she was? Oh, which one? Uh, The one that you said is on medication to slow her down Um, a bit. Yeah, yeah, she's 10 10 years old. She'll be 11 in July. Yeah, uh, not trying to be ignorant. You know I'm jumping in here because a lot of people have gotten away from traditional meds and they're doing the CBD now for children with autism and hyperactivity have you yeah. went down the cbd route uh yet absolutely 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 we, we we i went like again like learning on the job pretty much like we we've been to um plenty of doctors and you know we tried this and this didn't work if anything sometimes certain medications made it worse so we we took off certain things you know what i mean and it is it, it, it that i think that's like the most frustrating part it's like man like like you feel at times defeated like i'm just trying to you know what I'm saying, get my daughter the best treatment. And some of these things are just uh, working. But now it's like, now we're, we're getting it down to what we, what we like. And we took off a lot of things as well. Like a lot of medications just wasn't the answer. So we took off a lot of stuff and we're like, we cut it down to maybe just a few things 
and mainly for her, like, cause she's hyperactive, she has, she has trouble sleeping at night. So, and then on top of that, when she doesn't get enough sleep, then she takes that, um, you know, she had like mood swings in the morning and takes it to school, and, and that was an issue. So, we like for the most part, it just we, we dealt with a lot of things to help calm her, calm her down, and find her peace. Yeah, um, I was early on diagnosed with ADHD when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the days when, you know, they would call me to the office, the nurse's office in elementary school to give me my meds. Right. right? And it was kind of embarrassing. I think at that time, that was, you know, we're talking early 90s. Yeah. Um, here I am aging myself, but that's fine. Um but, you know, it was a little embarrassing for me as a kid, you know, just going, you know, feeling like I'm different or there's something wrong with me. How do you tell your daughters or what do you say to your daughters to make them feel normal, to make them feel like they're part of society? Because I know, like, sometimes kids are cruel, you know. No, kids- I was in the same boat. I was in the same boat um, growing up. Um, I, You know, I had to go through speech because I used to stutter a lot when I was younger. So, of course, you know, getting picked on and everything like that. So I always share my experiences with my kids and I'm just open with them, even at a young age. And for the most part, um, I, matter of fact, yesterday, my daughter was upset because she felt like she was being bullied or whatever. And we had to deal with that yesterday. But um, for the most part, you know, I sit down with my daughter and we'll, we'll just talk. We'll talk it out. And I let her vent. No matter if it's even the story sounds crazy. I think like just allowing your kids to feel like they have an open, you know, open room to vent and speak to you. That helps a lot because a lot of kids, as you know, they feel like they can't speak with anybody and it kind of shut it kind of shut off from everyone. But um, again, I just share my experiences for, um, with my kids. Like I wasn't always who you see today. Like I had I had my struggles. I when I was in first grade, I was going through this or that. Um, you already know, but back in the day where we had resources and that's what they called it, whatever. And I was dealing with all that like, coming up. So I, I dealt with a lot myself as a kid, but I always share my experiences with them. Absolutely. Um... You know, when I think back to to when I was on medication, I'm I still take medication. I take I I'm on Adderall for the ADHD. Right. Like even now, I you know if I don't take it, I'm like scatterbrained. I can't finish a task. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I have depression. You know, I think that now in in the age that we're in, um, medication isn't isn't looked at as such a bad thing anymore. It's kind of right. like normalized, which could also be a bad thing, right? Because, you know, with the Adderall, people take it that don't even need it. You know, they take right. it to finish their schoolwork or, you know, even athletes take it to give them that little no, extra. No, I mean, what you, what, what you just pointed out, my, um, my older daughter in college, she does, she takes it for, um, cause like you said, she gets the same way. She'll get scatterbrained and she'll, She'll have work about anxiety and and and, 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 and like she can't stay focused on a yeah, task. Yeah, she can't stay focused. So again, it um, can, it's one of those drugs that could easily be abused. Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah. I mean, you got. I think like parents and even adults, as such as ourselves, we just got. We just have to be smart in what, we, what we're giving, our right, putting in our bodies, and also giving our children. But again, um, we live in an era where there's a lot of research out there. So I was, we always do our homework and um, check everything that, that before we take anything or or give to anyone. Right, because it's the same thing when it comes to uh, to boxing. It's, you know, we get into the whole Vada thing and the drugs and all that. Yeah. And before taking anything, 
you should always do your research. Oh no, yeah, I go to my I go to my nutritionist. I don't play because uh, like I, there's I, I, no yeah. excuse for not knowing <laughs> what goes into your body. Yeah, I don't. There's no excuse. I don't. I don't buy it when fighters say, "Oh, I didn't know." Oh, this person gave me this. Blah blah blah. Cut it out. Right. Like when nah, you're at a man, certain level yeah, with your body and create, you should you should always do your research before you are. Uh, um, you know, before you put anything in your body, like I don't like I don't play around with it. You know, like any type of supplement, like she'll recommend it, but I always but she does her homework, and I do my homework myself. You know, I'll do it myself to start. I look up everything, especially with the whole Vada and whatever's out there. Like I don't, I don't, I don't play around because it takes it takes one time. It takes one time, and right. everything that I've done in the past, it goes completely to the to, to waste because they're gonna question everything, everything, everything that, that, that you've done. <laughs> everything you do going forward will be in question. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things to where you're like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, you know, recently with the Alicia Baumgartner thing, you know, it's like that kind of opens doors for a lot of fighters to Criticism. say, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know I, you know, I didn't know I, I didn't know I took it. Right. You know, so not saying she took it. I'm not accusing her. She yeah, it, it just it's just a slippery slope. You know what I mean? When when you get when you get into that mix, it just it just it nothing nothing really comes good out of it. At the end of the day, even if even when you do prove your innocence or whatever, how it goes, right? And I the scrutiny. You know, like like her career is tarnished because of it. She may have not done anything, but because of that, she's always going to have that kind of like dark cloud a little bit, you know, until she just proves with Vada, which I think right. is the best thing that they're doing for her, that, you know, she's clean. And that, you, but know, you know how the sport is. You, yeah, you know how the sport is. The sport is going to be either way. They're going to be, it's always going to be something. It's always moving. It's always going to be something, sadly. You know what I mean? If you could prove you're clean tomorrow, but they're going to, they're going to, someone's going to write something in the media or whatever to question this or that in the third. So it's, it's always one of those things. And it's just, like you said, it's just that cloud that just sometimes never seems to, to leave. I mean, it's rough. It's rough. Right. No, a hundred percent. Um, you know, I want to thank you for coming on this show. Like you have been so awesome and just like sharing your story in closing, like, what would you want to tell fighters? Like, how could they get help? How could they receive help? If they're going through something, what would you suggest them to do? Um, is, um, there, is there a resource I, that I, you I, know of? or? I think, I think for starters, it, it starts at home. Um, for, um, again, just open up. It's nothing wrong opening up, especially it's, at least open up to somebody you can trust first because um, – they may be able to help you get to what you need to get to as well. But again, if you do have, if you do have, um, you know, Medicare and things of nature, just just speak with your doctor. Even now, uh, I tell everyone right now, I, I'm doing, I'm to, to better myself. I'm going to do like group therapy with veterans, you know, veterans that, that are probably going through worse than me. This is just to share my story and possibly hear them out, and I, I might learn something from them that I, I didn't know that I can do or or go see. So. I, that, uh, this, these are things that I do behind the scenes when I'm not in front of the public eye. But again, I, I just want to continue bettering myself because I feel like I can't be, um, you know, a, a, a help of need to my own children and family if I don't better myself first. 
And again, uh, it all starts at home. So I think fighters, and it doesn't even have to be fighters, it's just people in general who are going through similar situations of, um, you know, men, men, um, mental issues or whatever, should just, you know, start at home with their family and go from there. But oh, and again, speak with your doctor. Right, and, and that's kind of what I wanted for this show um, was to give fighters an outlet to talk to one another um, you talking to them, them just watching this saying, hey, I didn't even know he was going through that. He's going through the yeah. same thing I am, you know, and so that they don't feel alone. Yeah, no, I'm tell you, I'll tell you right now, I go through a lot. Why do you think, like, honestly, me, when you see me doing so many things, it's kind of keeping myself busy and keeping my mind off of things that bother me. Like, you may see me in training camp one day, but you may see me back over here commentating or I'm over here working on fight. I'm always trying to just keep myself going because I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm honest. I'm the type of person, like, once I have too much time to myself, you know, sometimes, like, the past might hit me and then it might start bothering me again. So I always try to um, – but, again, even now, I'm trying to – I'm still working on finding ways to cope and deal with it because, again, I can't always solely fall back on boxing to help me with my um, – you know, help me with my issues. So I have to also look look for other means of um help to make sure that I'm good and make sure that my um I'm I'm good for by my family. Awesome. Well Jamel, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I'm sure that somebody is gonna hear this and you know receive some type of help or some type of message from it. Um, no, I, appreciate I really appreciate you. No, again, anytime, man. Shout out to you and this. Um, this is a great thing y'all doing. I, I hope I hope that other fighters will come on board and and just speak their mind, or just people and just not even just fighters. Anyone in the boxing world in the opportunity, you know, that may be going through something, they can come on here and just share share their knowledge and stories. Because I might I'm gonna tune in, so I might I might learn something from them as well. So again, anytime y'all need me, you know, Ness knows I'm always available. I appreciate you, Champ. Appreciate right. you. I love you. Peace. Till the next one, ladies and gentlemen, next Thursday, the check-in.